Good morning. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I kind of sound like a frog, but good morning, charmers. Um, <clears throat> excuse my voice. I just woke up. It's really early. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and record this bonus episode for you guys. Um, I hope everyone has been safe and staying safe and amazing. And everyone's been manifesting. I hope you guys took advantage of the Virgo full moon. I mean, why do I keep saying full moon? New moon. <laughs> um, that was amazing time to get things done and to manifest and take care of your body. Um, and remember, it's funny because um, I forgot. What did I eat that day? Um, I ate something that I'm not allergic to, but I'm intolerant to. And remember <clears throat> in the in the new moon episode, I said that to make sure you nourish your body with things that your body loves, because if you don't, you're going to probably be way more bloated and feel terrible, like even the point of throwing up and stuff. And I didn't get that bad, but I was hella bloated. And I was like, I didn't even take my own advice. So that was funny. Um, I can't remember what it was. I think it was something worth it, but yeah, it wasn't worth feeling that way. But yeah, so um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys, um, I mentioned, I've been mentioning the last few episodes about, you know, kind of, you know, getting you guys a little bit into medical astrology, which is something I study. And um, this uh, book that I'm going to read from, um, it's more so about the astrology, nutrition, and health. So basically, you know, it's going to tell you, you know, like certain placements and aspects and stuff and how like maybe the diet and the nutrition or what nutrition works for whatever, you know what I mean? So I thought you guys would be interested in that considering I wanted to start this off because we are in Virgo season, which is the sixth sign. And the sixth sign is, you know, the house of health. It's actually one of the houses of health because in medical astrology, there's a few houses of health. I believe it's uh, the first house, the sixth house, eighth house, and the twelfth house. Those are considered your major houses of health. And this is something that I mentioned again, um, like I, I study, I truly enjoy and love medical astrology. And that's the reason why I took, um, I decided to take a course to understand um needle charts better, um, because that will help me understand that even better. You know what I mean? So eventually I'm going to, um, really dive deep into this, but this is only one of many books that I have studied and read. Um, this is just like the most basic one. Cause I don't want to like do the other one. Cause really you're not going to understand it. Um, unless, <laughs> you know, you're, you're like a really good astrologist or you've been at least like studying or reading astrology for a long time and everything else. And I've studied astrology a long time. I just, you know, weren't familiar with houses and aspects. And that was like my major thing that I wanted to advance in basically, you know, cause you can only read so much from basic books that are just like, oh, it's just the house of Virgo and, we do this and this and this, and then it's just like kind of that's it. I wanted something that gets like into the nitty gritty of what I'm looking for in each sign, and this course has been fucking amazing, you guys. But yeah, so the book I'm going to be reading from is Astrology, Nutrition, and Health, 
by Robert Carl Jansky. So before I start reading, um, this is probably going to be a long episode because literally the I'm going to start with chapter two because I know you guys are not going to want to fucking hear chapter one because it's basically about the organs of medical astrology. But it's just like, um, and we obviously know astrology has been studied since the ancient times and it's came, it's been studied within the ancient, you know, times again. <laughs> That's a bad way to say it, but yeah, so we're starting with the basic tools of medical astrology, which this is going to break down kind of like what it's about and everything else and the basics, like it said. So um, I want to do a disclaimer. You guys know, you're like, oh, here we go. So study or practice at your own risk. I am not a doctor. I do not have a medical degree um, as far as like an MD. Um, I only have a psychology de- degree and um, yeah, we that has nothing to do with being a medical doctor. I am not a nutritionist either. I've studied lots of nutrition, but I do not yet have a um, degree in it. I am currently um, in one for a health coach, like a not a nutrition coach, I guess you can kind of say like a health coach, the same thing, but it still doesn't give me, I still don't have the uh, credentials to be, you know, like saying, you you know, take this, you know, basically diagnose, like not diagnosing, but giving diets and all this stuff. This is simply what I'm reading from this book. Uh, so study at your, I mean, practice at your own risk. Don't, like, do something crazy and fucking, like, well, the charming Libra said, no, that's not what we want, so I just want to say that at the beginning of this episode, and of course, I'm going to say that every episode, because if you're new, hey, 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 thank you for joining the charming Libra, you are so appreciated and loved, and I hope you guys you know, stay with us, like those of us who have been here from the beginning, you know, just learning astrology together, learning different parts of astrology, not the basic shit, because we all know the basic shit, right? This is the whole reason for this podcast is to, you know, learn different things together, learn in depth together, and learn the relationship stuff together. It has to do with the stars, so... I hope you guys enjoy this. I really... If you if you do like this show, please... um like, subscribe, slash follow, um, because I know that's what Apple says now, um, leave a comment, please, because I, you know, like I said, I would love to know what you guys think, and things that I can improve on, or things you may want me to get rid of, um, I also, uh, have an IG, is at the Charming Libra, I'm really trying to work on getting consistent with social media. I am just like a little, like, I enjoy social media. Really, I just use it to talk to like my friends and family and stuff. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really hugely consistent with posting and everything. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's just not really my thing. And sometimes like, it just gets overwhelming to me. So I just really have it for those reasons. So like, you know, like people who don't have my number or like old people, like people who I went to high school with and all that stuff, like that's the only way I have them, you know, like, you know, we keep up and kind of like check up on each other and stuff like that. So 
that's the reason why I use it. I'm not really consistent even on my personal stuff. And I don't use my personal one because I don't want, you know, some of my friends don't want to be like in the public eye or anything. And also like my kids and stuff is up there and I don't agree with, um, you know, they don't want to be shown all over the place. So I keep that separate and start a new account. So therefore I don't have to worry about offending anyone. And yeah. So it's at the Charming Libra on IG and I have uh, at the Charming Libra on Twitter. Um, like I said, I'm working on both of those and everything else. So, but yeah, so I hope you guys, like I said, I hope you guys really enjoyed this, but let's go ahead and jump in because this might end up being a very long episode and it might not be, but yeah, I just thought this would be great to start in, you know, the sixth, the sixth sign Virgo, the house of you know, the sign of health, even the sign that likes to take care of themselves and, you know, one of the houses of health. And so we'll like keep going because it's not really a very thick, huge book, but it, you know, it has some really good like stuff when it comes to like nutrition and the different diets and aspects and which planet or so that we look at and all that good stuff. Just basically the basics that I feel like you guys would like, maybe if you want to pursue it more, you can, you know, because it really is an amazing thing. It really can keep you, like, really healthy if you follow it, um, again, at your own risk. <laughs> but, you know, you guys always know, um, especially my um, OG listeners, that I, I, you know, I consider myself, I use myself as a guinea pig. So as long as it's safe, I do things slowly. I just don't d- uh, dive into it, but I do it slowly. And I'm telling you guys, when I was doing this stuff, um, I felt like I felt the best and then, you know, I like fall off of things because that's just who I am. And then I stopped getting consistent and then, yeah, so let's go ahead and jump in. So we're starting on chapter two and it's called Basic Tools of Medical Astrology. So it says, can a person's potential health problems be identified through particular factors in the natal horoscope? With proper preventative measures, can such problems be minimized or avoided? The answer is unequivocally yes. See, see that? I know you guys that I know that like major skin crawl, right? <laughs> Anyways, recognizing that most astrologers are not trained healers and are not licensed to practice medicine, how should they answer a client's question about health? The easy answer, of course, is that they should not concern themselves with health at all. An astrologer who admits to a lack of expertise in health matters is hardly discredited as an advisor in other areas. If anything, his image, his enhanced for an intelligent client will recognize that this person knows his limitations. Also, this approach protects the astrologer from any accusations of practicing medicine without a licensee. Exactly. So that's why, like, when you do, like, for me, there's... Like, I, I think I mentioned before, there was someone, I had two or three people that has asked me, you know, because I was, like, within a group, and then, like, I was asking someone, like, they were saying they were having these problems, and they sounded familiar from when I was, like, studying with medical astrology, and I was like, oh, where's your planet, you know, what signs in the planet, or what aspect, and they got really curious, and they would message me, and, like, you know, what, like, you got me interested, like, what are you talking about, you know, and I'm, and I explain, and I'm, like, I'm not a doctor, on this and that, and I was, like, and I'm, like, I'm not, like, I'm studying astrology, you know, I know, like, the basics, but I'm not perfect at it, so, of course, they were, like, oh, my gosh, could you just, 
read, could you just read my chart for me? Like I'll pay. And I was like, no, actually I had, um, not paid, um, the, I had not asked for money because I wanted to do it to, you know, like as a practice to see like, how can I see this and the things that I saw? And I did this for a guy and I did this for a girl. And of course I, you know, did my disclaimer, like I'm not a medical doctor, you know, I, you know, like go to your doctor to find any of these tests out or anything, or, you know, like tell them about this and da 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 da. So, um, yeah, so I would do that. And literally you guys, it was, it was really spot on. Like they were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, can you do this and do this? And like, I did it a second time for free, but after a while I started to get quite a bit of people asking and it's time consuming. So it's like, I would, I would never charge high or anything, but it's just like, after a while, like, I was like, I don't want to charge till I get like perfect, not perfect. That's the wrong word. See, Virgo season, I'm getting influenced by Virgo <laughs> anyway. But it's like, it, it's very, it's something that it's, it's very time consuming, you guys. Like, especially for one of them that I read, it took me three to four days because I wanted to make sure I had everything right, that I'm looking at the right planet that, you know, this is, this is the aspect here. This is what's transiting here. You know, it's just very time consuming. It's just like something that I can't always do for free. You know what I mean? I I just can't do it because I, you know, that's, I have to take time out of my schedule, literally. Like one time I spent the whole day doing this, uh, to make sure I got everything correctly. And then um, same with the guy. The guy was like, oh, I'll pay you and stuff. And I was like, no, it's okay. But now, like, if someone else wants me to do it, I'd probably charge, like, five bucks. Just because I'm still, like, you know, I'm at least I know way more than I did when I was doing it for them. Because now I'm in a course and everything. So now I kind of know really, like, the in-depth, you know, like, as I'm going through it. But it's just, like, it's so time-consuming. And once I graduate... um my little course and get my certificate, then I'll probably start charging like way more money. Of course, I'm going to like study and everything. And I don't know why I'm saying like, like, girl, what is going on? What is going on? Stop saying like, but anyways, um, I, yeah, it's just, it's very time consuming. And that's why I thought if you guys, you know, want to study it and everything else and you end up doing that, just make sure you're not trying to take the role of a medical doctor slash a dietitian because you will get in trouble so do it away from astrology just to like give what you see and then you let them go from there you know what I mean because I also use I also um, am an herb person too I use herbs for everything and that's what medical astrology mainly kind of uses is herbs and nutrition and you just got to know what you're doing so if you do that, you're getting to it, just know that's your limits. But anyway, so it says, however, if this were your attitude, you probably would never have picked up this book. If I believe that an astrologer should ignore health problems, I would never have written this book, nor would I have gotten interested in astrology in the first place. The intriguing fact is the horoscope can be used as a diagnostic tool for health pur- purposes. So again, it's diag- it, it can be used as a diagnostic tool. So if you're a doctor or something and you want to like do that, great, because you have the means for it. Um, 
but you still cannot diagnose. So, like, if you see, like, let's say someone's, I don't know, Saturn is in a fucked up placement in a hard aspect, which is the malefic planet, um, you can't just be like, oh, you know, you have a Saturn, so that means you're 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 diagnosed with you have a, your aspect and Saturn's in this, and this is your experience in this. You you know, I'm diagnosing you with, I don't know, fucking like I don't know, like a brain tumor or something. You know what I mean? You you get me. You just you just can't do that. You have to like if like you you basically like oh this is this sounds like this these are the symptoms you're experiencing, you know, this is what, you know, it could, you know, like, not say it could be, but this is what this and this is, go to your doctor and tell him the same thing and see, you know, like, basically, that kind of confirms if you were right, because it's gonna, like, in the books, it's gonna tell you what they're experiencing, or, you know, like, the symptoms and stuff, it'll give you that in the other books that I read for medical astrology, it gives you the symptoms, like, if you're, for example, I'm just going to say if you're a fucking planet, your Saturn's in Virgo or it's like a hard aspect and something, you know, obviously, you know, Virgo rules like the intestines and stuff. Maybe you have some kind of intestine issue. Um, so you would let them know, like, OK, are you, you know, I'll be like, are you experiencing this, this and this? And they'll be like, yeah, yes, yes, I am. And then I'll be like, OK, then that's, you know, like write these down, write those down, go to your doctor and then talk to them about it you know, that way they can get the treatment that they need and you're not trying to work as a medical doctor because you will be fucked if you do that and you end up hurting someone. So anyways, I'm just trying to, you know, break it down for you guys. So that's why I said this might take long because it's like 20 pages, but I just want to kind of help you guys understand a little bit. Anyways, again, I don't know what's up with me and my repetitive weird things, but um, where was I at? Oh my gosh. Where was I at? Where I know it said like the Okay, the intriguing fact that learning how the astrologer. Okay, so yeah, it can be the horoscope can be used as a diagnostic tool for health purposes. So by learning how to use this tool, an astrologer can give a client additional information and all of us as individuals can have a better understanding of our health. The old saw, he who treats himself has a fool for a patient, certainly contains a kernel of truth, but it over oversimplifies and obscures an even greater an even greater truth. An individual can do a great deal to anticipate potential health problems and lessen their effect long before it is necessary to seek professional help. This is called preventative medicine. And the healing professions are taking that direction today. So, yes. Yeah, so, basically, when you start to kind of see something in you, as long as it's not nothing like that needs immediate, like, that's what I do. Like, if I start to feel something in my body, like, I'm having issues with terrible fatigue. And I mean terrible, you guys. And um, it's, like, to the point where it's, like, I have to sleep. And, like, it's, like, my body is telling me it needs to sleep either like over the amount of time that I need like I've been having to get up like at 10 o'clock a.m. sometimes today is actually a good day because I'm up really early um, and that's because I've been taking some necessary steps whenever I feel this way because I'm trying to see if that's what it is Um, but 
Um, so I'm taking like herbs and stuff like that and plus supplements, you know, vitamins and everything else that I feel like could be possibly, you know, like glow and everything. Cause I've been to the doctor for this, you guys, and they don't do shit. They're just like, well, everything looks perfect, but your body, I'm telling you, we, we have an amazing machine here. You guys, like our bodies tell us that it's not feeling good, like, it's not normal to feel tired, I don't give a fuck what age you are, like, I understand if you're getting, if you're, like, way up there, like, if you're in your 70s or something, like, I can understand you're gonna feel a little tired, you've been walking this earth for a long time, but it's still not normal to feel just complete and utter fatigue, like, (laughs) especially, like, at my age, I'm still pretty young, and it's, like, I should not be feeling like I'm a hundred years old. I just shouldn't be, you know, like I shouldn't be tired out all the time. It's that it's not natural. It really isn't. So this is the kind of stuff that I turn to because it's like I've mentioned before, you know, like in the ancient times, you didn't hear people having cancers and diabetes. And like, if you did, it was probably extremely rare but not nearly like anything like how we hear now. You didn't really have really any much obese people or nothing, heart disease, none of that shit. So um, I want to do what, you know, like they ate natural, they ate from the earth, they didn't have processed foods. So I go, I like to go back to that kind of stuff. And like I said, do it, do it with what my body's feeling. But this is the kind of stuff that I try to use you guys to find other ways of figuring out what's going on. And then I'll like consult my doctors, which I, you know, I go to natural pass and they're like amazing, like grace. I love them. So that's just my thing. I love holistic medicine. Okay. So it says, <clears throat> so preventative care. I don't know if you guys, just in case you don't know. And that's basically, um, how can I say this? So when it comes to the medical field, especially in the Western medicine, in my opinion, I feel like they, and this was like something that a a studying doctor said, they're not really taught, um, they're not really taught preventative care, I'm going to be honest, and I feel that way because it seems the only time they are able to help me is the sec- is once I get in the hospital. And that's what you want to avoid. Like you don't, you shouldn't have to get to the point where you're in the hospital to get the treatment that you need or tests and all that shit ran to see what's going on. You know, you want to prevent that. And they don't really do that in my opinion. Like they just kind of, you know, give you something to kind of help like band-aid the problem, which is medications and stuff. And I'm not knocking medications, but it's to me, it's not the end-all cure-all in my opinion, because usually when you start taking too many medications, then you have to take medications on top of that because you're having side effects from that medication and this medication. And it just does not lead a happy life in my opinion, right? So preventative care starts with us, you guys. That means fucking exercise, eat good, get plenty of sleep, um, you know, meditate, pray, you know, keep your stress down because stress is what causes so many problems and your girl stresses. So I know that's one of my problems. So it, it just causes so many problems, you know, not being consistent with exercise, not being consistent with eating well causes dis-ease, which is also known as disease. 
so um of the body so it's up to us to to prevent getting sick so if you can do your best and I know we're all like I always say I'm tired and I've been feeling tired lately but I try to if I can I'll take like the minimum step if I like yesterday I just did one lap around a park that was it because I was so fucking drained but that's better than doing nothing right so we all can start there okay so I need to start putting my finger where I'm at or else I'm gonna there you go with adequate knowledge of the body's parts and their functions and with the right tools for recognizing potential problems one such tool being an accurately timed natal chart we can actually improve our health also, when we as astrologers spot a potential health problem in a client's chart, we can advise the client to seek professional attention for that problem. Thus, the astrologer does not have to be considered as an adversary by the, doc- by the doctors, but as someone who assists the therapist in his major job, the prevention and treatment of disease. In order for astrologers to fulfill this function, we must become familiar with the anatomy and physiology of the body, as well as with the basic symbolism of medical astrology. But remember, unless you understand what a symbol represents, you can't understand the symbol. The letters C-O-W, which of course is cow, have no meaning unless you know what cow is. And to say that Mars represents the adrenal glands is of no help unless the astrologer knows where these uh, glands are, as well as their bodily functions. So yes, yeah, so I I took um, in college I took um, what was it? Human physiology AP. The shit was not easy, but you know I I and I studied um, because I was also in the nursing field before I went to um, college. I I have. Um, my RN gave me one of her physiology books before I went to college because I was so interested in the human body that I have like all that kind of stuff, all the charts of the human body, everything you have to know because you got to remember, uh, which I'm sure it's going to get into that all 12 signs represent every part of the body. So for you to be able to know that you have, you have to be familiar, you have to study up and know the human body. Um, to be able to do this. Um, So, you know, like I said, I did this all on my own, you guys. Um, And plus, like I said, I'm, um, I, I seeked it out first with the help of my RN uh, at my old job, um, who gave it to me because she, you know, she, she just really enjoyed that I was really into this kind of stuff. And she gave me lots of books um, on physiology but I also took, you know, classes about the human body. Of course, um, being a psychology major, I wanted to know about everything and the mind. So you can actively do this on your own. You can also do this in college, you know, take little, uh, if you're in school, take classes that have to do with the human body so you can get familiar with it. Okay, so this goes to astrological polarity. So this is when it's going to get juicy, guys. It's going to get juicy. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, so like science, astrology has many theories but few laws. I am always amazed at the number of astrology students and even teachers who have never consciously come to grips with the fundamental law of astrolog- astrological polarities. 
One can never hope to fully grasp the significance and meaning of signs in houses without understanding this law. It is especially important to an understanding of astrology in relation to nutrition and health. Most astrologers have had the experience of someone saying, I'm an Aries. Tell me what that means. After hearing a description of some basic Aries characteristics, the person shakes his head and replies, that doesn't, des- that doesn't describe me at all. See, I'll explain this after I read this because this is what I've been trying. This is what I've been kind of telling you guys a little earlier. <clears throat> because this is kind of some sometimes me. It says that doesn't describe me at all. Right. Have you ever felt that way? Like, let's say you're a Capricorn and you're like, you hear, you know, like some of the Capricornian traits and you're like, well, I'm not like that. But anyways, let me continue. I'm not very impulsive. I listen to other people's advice and I'm not uh, overconfident or egotistical. I try to consider others' feelings before I act and I go out of my way to avoid a fight. Sounds more like a Libra than an Aries, doesn't he? Yes, he does. The fact is, quite a number of people born with the sun in Aries act more like Aries' opposite sign, Libra. If astrology has any relevance in describing an individual's personality, this seeming discrepancy must be explained. It is not enough to say that perhaps these people have their moon or stellium in Libra, because a great many of them have no Libra emphasis in their horoscope at all. Then Then what is that explanation? Aries cannot be fully understood or properly interpreted without an understanding of its opposite number, Libra. Just as good as no real meaning unless we understand bad and black does not make sense without white. Each concept has its archetype and its opposite. The Christ represents good in its purest form, while Satan represents bad in the extreme. When we study the 12 signs in astrology, we learn about the archetype of each sign. Realizing that few people will actually fit that art, fit the fit the archetype exactly. However, you cannot understand the exemptions until you fully understand the rule. So that's why I said, like, when it comes to when it comes to um, astrology, we really should be paying attention to the 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 sign the sun sign that we are but also it's opposite, right? Because that's why sometimes um, I have mentioned that I I don't feel like a Libra all the time. And there's sometimes, and I know I have like a fire rising sign, but some of the stuff of Aries, like sometimes I can be very impatient and I'm very like goal oriented. Um, But that's also Leo too, so but I can be very impatient and sometimes like certain things will make me explode like a fucking Aries. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy, but it's good to study both of the signs because you know, we can, we can express both of those, you guys. So it says in America, we have a passion for classifying everything and everybody distrusting whatever can't be neatly classified as Democrat or Republican, Catholic or Jew, black or white, male or female, but each, But such a classification system does not work, as we are beginning to see when we attempt to classify people by ethnic group to prevent job discrimination or athletes as male or female, when some have actually changed their sex or couples who live together as married or single for legal purposes. We can set up our types, but we are really dealing with shades of gray, not black or white. 
And this applies such as much when we attempt to classify people astrologically. In reality, when it comes to house and sign interpretations, we are dealing with a spectrum. If you were born in April 1st, you were born when the earth and the sun were aligned in the Aries, Libra, Axis, or Polarity. And thus your basic individuality incorporates characters of both signs. Every planet in your horoscope is not just an end one sign. Its position, when considered is aligned with the Earth, is in a sign pair or polarity that embodies certain common characteristics of both signs. To become a competent astrologer, one must recognize this fundamental fact. This brings us to the age-old philosophical religious problem of free will. Does man control his life, or has everything been predetermined ahead of time by some master architect of the universe? As with all popular situations, neither extreme is correct. Man's will do... Man's will... I hate that the way it's said. My, My brain is like, no, this doesn't sound right. Man's, and it says with an S, will will does play a role that's exactly what it said that is not my like that's not me but so does fate and heredity is an important factor also all the wishing in the world cannot turn a giant into a midget nor change the color of one's skin heredity heredity establishments entertain constants or limits within which each person must learn to live Without these limits, however, each individual has considerable latitude as if you were born in in the Aries <clears throat> Libra spectrum. There is nothing you can do about that either. It is constant. However, you have a considerable latitude as to where in the spectrum you choose to place yourself at any given moment. The diagram below illustrates this. So I wish you guys could see this because it basically has like this look, scale like this like line, and it has A, C, and B. And Aries is on the far left, Libra is on the far right, and the, the in-between, there's like little circles of like either you're like a full Arian, you're some Arian with a little bit of Libra, you're kind of an Arian with uh, a little more Libra tra- traits, like almost like half and half of th- the traits. And then you have B, which is like you're more you know, your Aries, that's more like Libra pretty much. But it says the brackets represent the extremes of the Aries-Libra polarity. A child with his natal sign in this polarity might seek himself at point A as he begins to develop socially, seeking to get his own way as much as possible. But he discovers through the law of, of cause and effect that the more he tries to get his own way, the fewer friends he has. After a while, his this be, this becomes painful, so he may move to point B in the spectrum, where he begins to experiment with his opposite Libran characteristics. This wins him friends, but now he hardly ever gets his own way, which is also painful. So he adjusts to point C, or some other point between A and B, that is the most rewarding and least painful position. He is beginning to learn the art of compromise, which is really what an opposition to uh, teach what oppositions teach us yes so as an adult he will discover that he can change his position as often as he wants in order to fit different social social situations when he is the boss at the office he is at point a which point a you guys is very close to his you know his his sun sign aries but when he is at home with his family he switch he switches to point c which is 
you know, kind of in the middle of Arian and Libra, you guys. He also learns frustration when something external interferes with the free and kinetic movement between points in the spectrum. Sometimes when the frustration becomes severe, the first signs of physical disease begin to develop in the body. Centered in the organs and processed, but, but are sim sim symbolically related to the area where this major frustration is occurring. Frustration is related to experiencing tension from being pulled or pressured from conflicting directions. This can often be detected from natal and transitioning planets and square aspects. Thus, we see how oppositions, the need for compromise, and squares, tension from conflict, are often important factors in reading a horoscope for potential health problems. Each of the natal planets in the chart, of course, occupies its own spectrum which works in the same way as the example of the sun given above. In each, in each spectrum, the individual adjusts his position and mode of expression in response to changing conditions. Frustration of any of, the, of these planetary adjustments may lead to manifestation and disease. So isn't that interesting, guys? So, all right. It's actually going to list, it's going to read through the whole um, what is it? Yeah, it's going to actually, um, I'm going to read off, you know, like the polarity. So like Aries, Libra, Taurus, Scorpio, and so forth. So you guys can kind of see if you relate. Um, but yeah, we have to always consider that. And I love how it says you, you have to compromise because from experience, um, with reading this, you know, I noticed that, and I don't know, maybe this is why I hate Aries. I don't know. I don't hate Aries, but I just don't get along with them well. But I noticed one thing, like growing up as a Libra, I, you know, like I had no problem making friends. I still don't ever. Um, but I had a problem with people pleasing and letting like letting things go too easily because I don't like conflict and I really don't. Um <laughs> I don't unless I absolutely have to, like, if I get pushed to that, then I don't, don't get me to that point because that, that's, and that kind of like makes me see that Aries, you know, that Aries polarity in me because I'm a person that, you know, as Libra, I'm calm, I'm collected, I'm very nice and sweet and I'll do, I'll do anything. If you need my help, I'm there for you. If you, you know, like what you need me to do, if it's going to help you, you know, get, you know, get things done or take a load off you, I'm going to do that for you. But it gets to a point too, where if you take advantage of me, and this would happen quite often, where eventually people would just take advantage of me, take advantage of my kindness and use it for my weakness and stuff like that. And then eventually they'll start doing shit or saying something. And then like, once you get me to that point, then I explode you guys. And I mean, it's like a scary explosion because it's like, you know, like I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'll just start fucking flipping out. And it would like really surprise a lot of people. Like, like it's to the point I get so angry, you guys, like so angry. And I know this is like moon sign too, because the moon sign expresses, expresses the emotions and I'm a Pisces moon and Pisces, you know, Pisces placements can be cray in the big threes. But, um, it's just mixed with that and all that. I feel like I, I would get so pissed and so mad because like, 
being a Pisces moon, the Pisces also, you know, like very emotional like sign. So you have that with the anger and the explosion just, it just comes out and I start just destroying shit and I just want to break shit. And I'm like, I get very, very aggressive. And that's why I try to not get to that point. That's why I'll be like, you know what? I'll be in my mind. Is it worth it? I really say this, like the little voice in my mind, like, is it worth acting crazy, possibly smashing this person's face in, and then you end up going to jail and you can never open your own practice that you dream of and, you know, like your goal and everything, and you'll never be able to work with people. You'll never work in the medical field. Or should you just like, just like let it go? And usually like, of course, if someone hits me, I'm not going to let that fucking shit go. Like I'm going to start, like, I'm going to lay down because I'm going to lay down on you because basically I'm protecting myself. But if it's, you know, like about someone like using that and then I beat their ass or something and then they want to like retaliate with suing me or pressing charges, it's just not, it's just not worth it. Like I, I'm more of a lover than a fighter. Um, I've never luckily had to do that and never like, you know, punched or anything someone in their face um, because I don't let people have that satisfaction usually I'll just walk off and then if you get me to that point I'm pretty much done with you because I don't want to be around someone that brings out that fucking side of me but whoa I just went off on a whole ass tangent but um yeah let's go ahead and continue all right so sign polarities now that we have reviewed the law of astrological polarities we can see how this law applies to the human body before entering any of the healing professions, every student must take two courses that are fundamental to understanding the workings of the human body, anatomy and physiology. Um, anatomy is the study of the structure, location, and physical appearance of the body, of the different body tissues and organs, which are made up of cells, the basic building blocks of life. Physiology is concerned with the process, chemical reactions that take place in these tissues and organs um, and how they interrelate to sustain life. So the six pairs of zodiac signs relate anat anatomically to clearly established anatomical regions of the body as well as to the tissue and organs in those regions. Each pair also corresponds to some phys physiological process that is essential to life. The signs and the planets in those signs from the basic alphabet of medical astrology. Um, I said form, I meant form. I said from form, the basic alphabet of medical astrology. If you guys hear my stomach, it is growling like a bitch. <laughs> I didn't eat, so um, I'm sorry. I doubt you can, but I'm just saying just in case it's not me farting, but it's hell aggressive and loud. Um. Okay, anyways, so following are the sign pairs and the anatomical regions that they rule. The words in italics represent the phys physiological functions of each pair. So I'll let you guys know when it's in italics so that you guys know. These keywords apply to any astrological de dele delineation, not just medical astrology. Oh, astral. Oh, my gosh. Let me see. These keywords apply to any astrological delineation, not just medical astrology. Okay, so here we go. Uh, these are all the polarities that I'm about to read off. So 
Whatever you hear, listen closely. So Aries and Libra. Anatomically, Aries rules the skull, the brain, the upper teeth, and everything in the head except the lower jaw. Libra rules the belt area at the level of the navel, which includes the kidneys, the adrenal glands, and the lumbar and sacral vertebrae of the spine. Physiologically, the function of this sign pair is regulative. That's in italics. So, yeah. The kidney maintain the salt and fluid balance of the body and keep toxic substances from building up to a dangerous level. The medulla obligata contains the nerve center that regulates heart and respiration rate, and the brain regulates all physical and mental activities. Okay, so the next one is Taurus Scorpio. Anatomically, Taurus rules the lower jaw and throat region, including the larynx voice box, the tonsils, upper cervical vertebrae, tongue, mouth, and thyroid gland. Scorpio rules the organs of reproductions the large intestine, the rectum, and in men, the prostate gland. Physiologically, the sign pair has conceptive, el eliminative, those two, conceptive and eliminative is in italics, and procreative, so it's procreative functions. The solid waste products of digestion pass through the Scorpio region, and the waste products of respiration, water, and carbon dioxide pass through the mouth, Taurus region. Gemini Sagittarius. Gemini rules the, the respiratory tree, the lungs, thoracic cavity, and diaphragm, the trachea windpipe, the arms from fingers to shoulder blades, and the upper thoracic vertebrae. Sagittarius rules the hips and upper legs down to the knees, as well as the very important sciatic nerve. The physiological Functions of this pair, uh, of this sign pair are distributive, which is in italics, and locomotive, which is in italics. All the body's tubes are ruled by Gemini, which moves essential body materials to the cells through the various tubes, thus ruling bo the body's plumbing apparatus. Sagittarius is locomotive in that it enables us to move from one place to another. For example... We cannot walk without the strong muscles of the upper legs. Cancer and Capricorn. This sign pair may be thought of as being both structural in italics and protective in italics. Cancer rules the upper abdomen and the upper portion of the liver. It also rules all the body's containers, breasts, stomach, womb, per uh, peritoneum, peritoneum or, or neum I think peritoneum the membrane encompassing the abdominal activity the pleural sac surrounding the thoracic activity the pericardium surrounding the heart and the men meninges which are the sacs surrounding the brain and the spinal canal. Capricorn rules the knees as well as the skeleton and the skin, both of which give structure to the body. The skin and the internal membranes protect the organs within. That's why it's like, if you want to, I think it would be best to have like a scan of the anatomy of the body, uh, like looking at it, because this is like, if you don't know anything about the body, this might be hard for you to follow. Um, Leo and Aquarius. Anatomically, Leo rules the heart and the spinal vertebrae directly behind the heart. Aquarius rules the 
lower legs and ankles, as well as the oxidative process, which energizes the body. Physiologically, this sign is basically circulatory in italics and energizing in italics in nature. The heart, by pumping blood, energizes anything, everything within the body. This pair is responsible for the basic chemical reaction that takes place in every cell of the body. Oxidation, the combination of oxygen with glucose to produce energy. And the very last is Virgo Pisces. Physi physiologically, the functions of this sign pair are assimilative. Um, all three of these words are in italics. So assimilative, discriminative, and isolative. Virgo rules the lower abdominal cavity, which includes the lower liver, pancreas, gallbladder, and spleen. In this portion of the body, materials essential to nutrition are sorted out and separated from non-digestible material. The liver also discriminates between substances that are needed and those that are toxic to the body. Food is assimilated through the walls of the small intestine. Pisces is also discriminative, assimilative, and isolative because it rules the lymphatic system, which is the body's defense against invading bacteria and viruses. The white blood cells discriminate between normal body proteins and the foreign protein of the invaders, then seek to assimilate the invaders by surrounding and isolating them. Pisces also rules the feet. <clears throat> The sign polarities are important to medical astrology in a number of ways. A classic example, as reported in various astrological publications, is observed susceptibly of persons with the sun in Gemini to respiratory infections and, is it, and disease, especially asthma. Close behind them in this susceptibility are those with their sun in Sagittarius. Gemini's polar opposite. Many children with severe asthma also exhibit eczema or inflammation of the back or of the back of the of the blah, 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 blah. inflammation of the back of the upper legs. <coughs> Excuse me. The anatomical region of Sagittarius. So you see there, you see how someone having a sun in Gemini, although they express um, they express the, uh, okay, I'm back, guys, sorry, I had to relocate, because I was really hungry, and then I kind of went into a coughing fit a little bit, <clears throat> like, something was tickling my throat, and, um, I was, yeah, I was just hungry, I had to eat breakfast, and now I'm in the spot where I'm about to exercise at. I'm in a park, which um, I couldn't go into the forest because lately, for some reason, my um, my connection will just shit out. So let's get back to what I was talking about. And luckily, I remember. So what I was going to say is, um, yeah, I was saying, like, you see how someone with a Gemini sun um expresses, can also express, um, Sagittarius issues as well, and what I was going to get at is that, um, like, for me as an example, uh, since this is really true, you guys, of course, you, you all know, but if, just in case you're new here, hopefully the show title gave you some kind of connection, but I'm a Libra Sun, you know, and, um, 
you know, it says that Libra rules the aerial, like the belt area, which is below the navel, stuff like that. So my polarity is Aries, right? Aries rules, you know, the skull, the head and everything else, uh, everything except for the lower jaw. Well, I also, you know, like I, I'm showing more Aryan maladies than I am Libran, in my opinion, because like anything below the belt to me, um, that just sounds like kind of like, I don't know, like the like big intestines I think it is and all that stuff and uh, let me let me double let me double check um it says oh it's the kidneys uh the kidneys and uh the adrenal glands lumbar and sacral vertebrae so I want to tell you guys I've had a lumbar injury before because when I was a caregiver I had lifted someone and they they like completely did not hold their own weight and it pulled my lumbar pretty much right but I also had adrenal fatigue (laughs) because of so much stress and everything else and I was constantly like you know before I got hurt and and was forced to take rest I um you know, I was always constantly busy. You know, I worked, I went to school, you know, all of that. I worked out everything. So I never really gave myself a break. Plus I didn't really sleep well because I would always be thinking about what I need to do the next day and everything to make sure I was, you know, on schedule and getting my homework done and everything else. So like my break time was homework time because I worked full time as well. So I had adrenal fatigue, which luckily I fixed that. I never had any kidney problems, luckily. They said my kidneys function excellently. Um, but head issues, you know, of recent, uh, well, actually, like, early in 2020, you know, I had found out that I had an aneurysm. I had found out that I had a adenoma, a small adenoma on my um, pituitary gland, like all this shit that's in the head. You see, those are airy, those are Aryan, um, those are Aryan issues. You see what I mean? So um, what else? Yeah, I was extremely dizzy and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. So it makes sense. But I just wanted to say that. So don't only study your um, sun sign, guys. Please study the opposite the opposite sign, your sister sign. Um, and that's, to me, I think you should do that for all your placements, even like the moon sign. So like, I'm a Pisces moon, also look at Virgo, you know, and so forth, you know, I'm a Virgo, Venus and Mars, also look at Pisces, you know, so yeah, we're, we're basically, you know, like, we express our sister signs. That's why like, some, um, some people are like, you know, like, oh, uh, Virgos are so heartless and they're so stone faced and they have no emotion. But I know some Virgos that do that have like compassion and love for other people and really express their emotions. And those are people that are expressing some Pisces, you know, so it's just a very interesting thing. So let's see. All right, so let's go ahead and go into, I think we were in, okay, so it says, 
In years gone by, it was very common to remove children's tonsils, which are in the torus region. Today, this procedure is done less routinely for statistically studies show that males who had their tonsils removed in youth are more prone to prostate problems. The Scorpio region. Oh, wow. In later life, in that, in that women whose tonsils were removed are more subject to problems re- involving the reproductive organs. Hmm. Quite often, when one area of the body is diseased or operated on, the, an- the anatomical region symbolized by its opposite sign is also affected. Another example of the Taurus Scorpio phenomenon, phenomenon is mumps, which affects either the glands of the throat, Taurus, or the male's testicles, Scorpio. We will cite many other examples of this sign, polarity phenomenon. Lovemaking ruled by Taurus Scorpio involves mouth, both the mouth and the organs of reproduction. Interesting. Both of these areas are the most susceptible to venereal disease. And Taurus and Scorpio people seem particularly susceptible to problems of this sort. Gout, which commonly affects the feet, is caused by the body's inability to eliminate the products of protein metabolism so that uric acid builds up in the capillaries of the feet. The The discriminative process, Virgo, has been altered, and the liver enzymes are involved a classical Virgo Pisces problem. Aries Libra person seems to have headache and kidney problems. Cancer Capricorn women especially seem to have problems with excessive water retention, cancer, and this fluid tends to collect in the Capricorn region. Examples of this phenomenon are legion. Instead of memorizing the whole list of signs and related body areas, the best way to remember this symbolism is is to memorize the key words in italics for each sign pair. These keywords also apply to any astrological de- delineation, delineation, delineation. I think delineation. I get so tongue-tied. Not just medical and nutritional astrology. So, just in case you guys didn't write it down, I'm gonna read all the italic. Um, things because I think you guys should write this down and, and don't just write down your placements write down the whole entire signs that way you can um, look at it and everything else um, because technically we all have the signs through us our whole body represents each sign so it, it wouldn't be just smart to only study your stuff so for Aries Libra your uh, italic word is regulative Taurus and Scorpio, consumptive and eliminative and procreative. Gemini and Sagittarius is distributive and locomotive. Cancer Capricorn is structural and protective. Leo Aquarius is circulatory and energizing. And Virgo Pisces is assimilative, discriminative, and isolative. So make sure you write those down. That way you can kind of like look at that stuff. So now it's going to go into house polarities, right? I told you guys this might be, (sighs) it's going to be a very long episode, I think. Because um, like I said, it's about 20 pages long and I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope, just let me know if you don't and I won't do it. 
Anyways, house polarities, every beginning student of astrology learns that the sixth house of the needle chart is called the health house because of its close relationship to nutrition and potential health problems. However, as in any other astrological delineation, one must consider the whole chart in order to develop any meaning, conclusions, meaningful conclusions. Again, the law of polarities is important in examining the house, house meanings. Generally speaking, the first six houses of the chart deal with a person's individual makeup. So you guys know Aries through Virgo is about the self and what he or she brings to any given situation. The seventh through twelfth house deal more with how the individual functions in the social milieu. milieu. Okay, so that's, of course, Libra through Pisces. In other words, the lower house and the polarity is what the individual brings to a particular situation, while the upper house indicates what he or she seeks from the situation. So again, if you are a Aries, um, you know you're gonna uh the up, your upper house, which means you indicate what you 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 seek from situations and. Obviously, your opposition is Libra, which is seventh house, which is a lower house. That polarity is what the individual brings to a particular situation, right? So I'm going to read uh, the polarities of the houses and make sure you keep up because, um, yeah, it's going to explain some stuff. So the first to seventh house, the first and seventh house, this is Aries and Libra. The first house deals with the general health and physical status of the body and its physiological needs. In particular, the first house deals with health shortly after birth and the environment into which the individual is born. The location of the ascendant represents the moment of birth, which we discuss in greater detail in chapter 13. Uh, the, fir the first house is also associated with health conditions that, related to, that relate to the head, such as problems with teeth, eyesight, and hearing, as well as baldness, acne, and mental disease. Wonderful. <laughs> um, the seventh house in general relates to people we consult on a one-to-one -one basis. In medical astrology, the house represents doctors, psychologists, chiropractors, nutritionists, astrologers, and anyone else who has consulted about health problems. More specifically, the seventh, the seventh represents persons consulted on any sixth house matter. Some astrologers will certainly dispute this because traditionally Jupiter is associated with doctors and a ninth house. The natural house of Jupiter is a house of e experts and people consulted for the expertise such as priests, professors, and gurus. However, modern society recognizes that medical doctors are not infallible. They are no longer worshipped like tribal witch doctors, nor revered like the old country doc, a slightly lower, lower than God. We consult a doctor on a one-to-one -one basis just as we consult an astrologer, and if one does not provide an answer to our problem, we go in search of another. Thus, I feel that the seventh house represents the healers we consult to restore our natural good health which involves balance, Libra. In selecting a healer, it is wise to look for someone whose horoscope is compatible with our own seventh house influences. Hmm, that's interesting, but kind of hard to do. It's like, how would you like? How would you do that? Think about it. You call your doctor's office or a doctor's office because you're looking for a new doctor, and you're like, "Oh, I'm looking for a new doctor." And they're like, "Oh, sure. Here's you know, so and so. When, when are their birthdays?" 
they'd be like, what if they think you're like a creep or something? Okay, second, second and eighth. This is Taurus and Scorpio. This polarity is associated most, most specifically with the process of reproduction and the physical act of sex. Sexual problems normally turn up in the house of polarity. The second house represents what each individual brings to the sexual act, and the eighth house represents what he or she expects from a partner. In addition, the sign polarity on the cusps of these houses indicate the conditions that are most conducive to completing the sexual act. Frigidity is often related to Saturn in these houses, premature ejaculation to Mars, fantasies to Neptune, and so forth. Masturbation is a second house phenomenon. Con- contrary to what other astrologers have reported, this house polarity has little to do with the choice of a sexual partner. Instead, it represents the coming together of the partners once the partner has been selected. The selection of sexual partner, either heterosexual or homosexual, is more as a first seventh phenomenon okay so this is the third and ninth house so this is gemini and sagittarius this house polarity pertains to the mind often representing conditions from which we must free or differentiate ourselves if we are to maintain good health in fact freedom and differentiation are good keywords for this polarity. How free are we to express ourselves and allow others to express themselves? And what do we do? What do we, third house, think of our health problems? And what do others, ninth house, think of them? How free are we of ties to our blood relatives and in-laws? All these questions are related to this polarity. While Saturn in one of these houses may well indicate a slow, careful, methodical thinker, it may also indicate someone who is so tied to a particular point of view, cast in concrete, that he or she is practically incapable of changing to meet varying circumstances. Ooh, that kind of hit to the heart because I think my Saturn is in the third house. <laughs> so that explains a lot. Okay, a person mental a person's mental attitude has a very strong effect on the outcome of treatment for disease conditions. In fact, many healers are now coming around to the belief that most disease conditions have some mental problems as their root cause. I believe this is true, and this is why, as a per, you know, like me studying psychology, um, I think I want to, you know, like I think nutrition, knowing of nutrition, is important when it comes to that. Um, but yeah. Okay, if a patient adopts the attitude that he will die from his condition, chances are quite good that he will, for the thought is usually parent to the deed or outcome. That This is true. Perhaps we ought to re-re-re-re-just... What the fuck? Perhaps we ought to re just It just says readjust our thinking. Oh, readjust. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Perhaps we ought to readjust our thinking and refer to this house polarity as the mental health polarity. For often we must look here for the root cause of the health problem. The ultimate success of any one-to-one relationship, first, seventh, once the sexual component, second, eighth, is no longer the chief binding factor, depends on the partner's ability to communicate with each other, third, ninth, more human relationships break up because of the inability to communicate than because of any other single factor. So here's the fourth and tenth house, and this is uh, Cancer and Capricorn. 
This house polarity concerns a person's feeling of security within him, himself, fourth house, and the security or lack of it provided by others. Part, part of this security comes from the individual's foundation, ancestry, and part from his ultimate success and acceptance as an individual 10th house. The fourth house, for example, deals with the surname. A person whose surname begins with the letter near the beginning of the alphabet is, con- is conditioned by society to be first. A person whose name begins with the letter near the end is conditioned to be last and is therefore often more patient in waiting the outcome of events. <laughs> Excuse me. The polarity also deals with the influence of the mother and father upon this individual's development and his ability to form partnerships and develop his own identity. As doctors learn more about the conditions leading to heart attack, arthritis, cancer, and other disease, they are beginning to recognize that these diseases are related to the individual's ability to express emotions and feelings, and to the way the individual sees himself in the society to which he belongs. From the house polarity, we gain insight into how the individual functions in society, and whether he views himself as a success or failure. Thus, a good key word for this polarity is recognition. <sighs> Isn't it amazing how, like, all this, like, oh my gosh, like, how everything just works together like this that you wouldn't even know? Like, people think astrology is just bullshit. It's really it's some good stuff. Anyways. 5th to 11th house, this is, of course, Leo and Aquarius, the result of sexual union, second, second eight, and the value the individual places upon one-to relationships, uh, one-to-one um, relationships, um, first and seventh, is manifest in this house polarity, which concerns offspring and the ability to love another and accept love in return. The fifth house is the ceremony of courtship and all that we associate with non-sexual romance. It represents our creative abilities and instincts. The eleventh house represents non-sexual relationships with others, friendships, and social activities. It also represents the achievement of hopes and wishes stemming from our creative potential. Saturn in this polarity often creates some blockage in the free flow of energy until we learn that responsibility must accompany achievement. Jupiter here often leads us to expect too much from our efforts. Mars creates impatience in achievement, and Neptune leads us to look for the ideal resulting in disappointment. When the results are less than expected, this polarity is greatly concerned with our basic need to belong. And then 6th to 12th house, which is Virgo and Pisces. Because the 6th house is the midpoint of the horoscope, this is where the individual contacts the ex- external world which may best be seen from nutritional viewpoint. The sixth house is where the individual puts food into the mouth, the point at which something external to the self is taken in and eventually integrated to the physical body. In general astrology textbooks, the twelfth house is, is usually spoken of as man's attempt to find his place, integrate himself in the universe, and answer the three basic questions of philosophy. Why am I here? Where did I come from? Where am I going? Thus, the real key word for this house polarity is integration in contrast to differ- differentiation. The key word for the third and ninth polarity. The individual's ability to find the place in society and in the universe, soul, scheme, and things can be read in the 612 house polarity. But man has conflicting desires. Not only does he want to find his place in society, he also craves recognition as a unique individual as 
a being of who is in some way different from the herd. The conflict is illustrated by the fact that the third, ninth, and sixth, twelfth house polarities are in square aspect to each other within the horoscope wheel. Secondary keywords for the sixth, twelfth house polarity are work, health, and service. How well does the individual integrate himself in, in, in situations in which he must work cooperative, cooperatively with others as in a job? How well does the individual integrate foreign substances, food, into himself? Service can be thought of as giving some portion of the self to others, 6th house, and accepting the service of others, 12th house. In return, all of the many keywords that we commonly associate with the 12th house, hospitals, jails, libraries, research, the prior discoveries of others, welfare, represents society serving us. Even pain and suffering, also associated with the 12th house, really serve us by building character, 1st house. I believe that a more intensive understanding of house phenomenon will reveal the good health stems from the ability to integrate ourselves successfully into society and the universe at the same time to differentiate ourselves from everyone and everything else in the universe. The health of the body depends upon how well the various organs perform their different functions and at the same time work as units of the whole. The success of the society depends basically upon these same abilities. Individual and societies that perform both functions will survive, those that cannot pass into obscurity. Through education, travel, and communication, we attempt to differentiate ourselves from other members of society, third and ninth. Through work and service, we attempt to integrate ourselves into society, sixth and twelfth. When we are able to accomplish these tasks with minimum interference and frustration, our health is good. Interference and frustration in these efforts can result in the physical manifestation of health problems. How well the physical body is able to function depends upon how well we serve it and upon how well the mind is able to function. We think of the mind and the body as distinct and separate entities, and yet it is surely obvious even to the untrained observer that neither body nor mind can function without the other. This is true. There are inextricably interdependent astrology confirms this interdependentness you see i mean it really shows like you know like you can't you can't have one without the other it's pretty much like that you know and if they're not working in sync that's how you get sick you know so now we're going to go into the symbol symbolism of the planets so you guys kind of get a little bit of an extra like you know about the things because it's going to go into the planets and then the next are aspects and then the signatures of disease and then that's going to be it so I hope you guys really like this episode uh I don't know why I'm saying that because it's not at the end yet so anyways so the symbolism of the planets as we know from basic astrology each of the 10 planets symbolize some energy that must be expressed in our life if we are to realize our truest and highest potential Blocking or frustrate, frustrating the expression of such energy usually causes pain in one form or another, and as we pointed out earlier, disease. In addition to the matters that are usually assigned to the different planets, each one rules a particular body system and one or more of the vital endocrine glands, the sun. The sun princ- uh, principally symbolizes the body's basic vitality or life force. Its house positions indicates in part the individual's vitality and resistance to disease. 
Sextiles and trines to the sun tend to increase this resistance, square oppositions, and inconjuncts detract from it. When the sun is in an angular house, especially the first house, vitality is greatest. When it is in a cadent house, vitality is lowered, especially in the sixth or the twelfth. Twelfth house. In a sustenant, um, in a sustenant house, the sun indicates a new a neutral situation. And I'll have to explain to you guys because this is this is actually something I had just um started learning slash reading in my astrology course. So I'll do like like maybe the next episode or something I'll have to um talk let you guys know about because I don't know it by heart quite yet. But I do know what they're talking about in the Sensident and Cadent houses, but I can't remember which houses are which. So that's why I have to um, double check and then I will let you guys know. That way you guys can kind of look at your own charts and understand if it's there or not. But it says in the Sensident house, the sun indicates a neutral situation, neither particularly strong nor particularly weak. The sun is also symbolic of the whole circulatory system, especially the heart. The sun sign location indicates the regions of the body that are the most subject to malfunction and disease. Of course, since we can never neglect the law of polarities, we must also consider the region of the body ruled by the sun by the signs opposite the sun sign. So like I had mentioned to you guys, you know, I'm a Libra. Um... I don't have any kidney problems, like I said, but I had, um, you know, like the other stuff. And then, but I also so show signs of, um, what is it? The Aries stuff. Uh, my sun sign is in the third house. So I don't, I have to look and see, is that like a cadent or um, sedent or the other one? angular and see why because I really don't show much of like I said of the Libra stuff besides I think the adrenal glands was one of them that I've I've had issues with but I've healed that luckily um it's fine I get it tested um so it's more of I feel like I'm having more Aryan issues than anything so we'll we'll see I'll have to you know like I should have highlighted that anyways um so the next the next one is the moon. So the moon is symbolic of the emotions and their role in maintaining bodily health. It symbolizes all reflexes act that don't require conscious thought and the habit patterns that we develop. Planets in conjunction with the moon in the natal chart often indicate habit patterns that are difficult to break. The moon along with cancer, the sign that it rules, is associated with all allergic conditions. It also represents the fluid portion of the body, including plasma, which is the fluid portion of the blood. All bodily secretions, the fluid waste products, sweat and urine, and the water that is part of the body. Mercury. Mercury was called the messenger of the gods, and as you might expect, this planet rules the transmission of messages from one part of the body to another. Messages are transmitted electrically via the nervous system and chemically via hormones in the bloodstream. Thus, Mercury rules the central nervous system and the hormonal system. It is also symbolic of logic and conscious reasoning. Mercury also rules the thyroid gland and, along with Gemini, the respiratory system. Venus. As the goddess of love, Venus rules physical sensations and the sensory organs. These organs connect the physical functions of the body with the mental functions, just as a Taurus ruled by Venus connects Aries, the physical body, 
with Gemini, the mind. This process ends, of course, in Cancer, ruled by the moon, the emotional reaction and external stimuli. Venus also rules the female genitalia and the venous uh, portion of the circul- circulatory system, the, deox- the deoxygenated blood returning to the heart. Hair, as an extension of the sensory system, is ruled by Venus. As a protective device, it is ruled by Saturn. Okay, so Mars. Mars, the god of war and battle. Mars implies physical action and movement, and its principal rulership is the muscular system. Since the heart is also a muscle, Mars is the secondary ruler of the heart along with the sun and Leo. Mars rules the red blood cells, which carry oxygen to the cells, providing them with energy, and it rules the adrenal glands, located above the kidneys. The hormones secreted by the adrenal glands mobilize the body's defenses when the in- when the individual is externally threatened. Mars, representing the male principle, rules the male genitalia. Venus represents the female principle. Jupiter. Jupiter, the the ruler of the gods, has its principal function, the growth and expansion of the body. So if you want to look at like weight gain and and all that stuff, you guys, um, Jupiter is a good one, uh, medical astrology wise, as well as uh, Venus, though, too. It rules the arterial portion of the circulatory system, the pancreas, which governs fat production and assimilation of carbohydrates, and the liver, which is the largest organ, often the skin, and which performs hundreds of different chemical processes that sustain life and growth. Saturn. This planet and the sign that it rules Capricorn in general are concerned with form, structure, and establishing limits. Therefore, in medical astrology, Saturn is the ruler of the skeletal system, which gives the body support and form like the girders of a building. Uh, Saturn also rules the skin, which in addition to giving form and structure also establishes the boundary between the body and its environment and protects the internal structures from water loss and invasion by foreign substances. Saturn rules the parathyroid glands in the neck, which regulate the metabolism of mineral necessary to bone formation. Whereas Jupiter represents the growth process, Saturn represents the process of aging. Uranus. Because of their relatively recent discovery, the roles of the three outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, are not as clearly established as those of the planets known to the ancients. However, their symbolism in medical astrology has been clearly defined through observation. Uranus rules the involuntary or autonomous autonomic nervous system which controls the involuntary functions of the body such as digestion respiration and heartbeat its principal control is over the smooth muscles note the relationship to mars which rules the muscles and mercury which rules the nervous system in this capacity uranus has been connected with esp and other extrasensory abilities especially intuition which some feel is related to the auto auto autonomic or autonomic nervous system. Uranus is often considered to signify sudden unexpected injuries to the body. Neptune. Neptune rules the spinal canal and along with the moon, the spinal fluid. It is undisputed ruler of the pineal body, which is located near the top of the skull, just beneath the fontanel, fontanel, the opening in the skull that ossifies and closes shortly after birth. Neptune has also been associated with various ESP processes. Perhaps most important, Neptune, which is drastically, classically called the planet of deception, rules poisons and drugs, any substance introduced into the body's chem- chemical 
system that has no normal role in nutrition is said to be ruled by Neptune. These substances deceive the body in that body perceives them as natural substances and reacts in some abnormal way. The caffeine in coffee, which resembles adrenaline and aspirin, are examples of Nept- Neptunian compounds. Aspirin deceives the body by turning off the sensation of pain without eliminating the source of the pain, which is one of nature's danger signals. See, that's that's kind of like hand in hand and why I was uh, telling you how medications, while helpful and have allowed people to live their lives, it doesn't get to the root cause. It just bandages it. And that's, you know, when you're in pain, your body's talking. So I'm a person that I don't really care for pain pills. Um, it takes me, I have to be like in severe, like almost like deathly, like unbearable pain for me to take it. Um, because I like to, I like to know what my body is telling me because whenever you're feeling stuff like that in your body, your body is literally communicating with you saying, hello, we need some attention to wherever you're in pain at, you know, you know what I mean? Or hello, there's something going on here. It needs attention. So, um, when I'm on my period and stuff, I don't, I don't take ibuprofen and stuff like that. I like, I have bad cramps, but I just, I don't want to take it. Like I try to find, um, I usually do like, um, what do you call it? Like herbs, like, um, raspberry leaf is an amazing, um, herb for menstrual cramps and stuff. I also had this, uh, herbal, um, topical cream that helped called, I think it was called new moon or something like that, or full moon. It's called something like that. And it worked very good. But anyways, it says alcohol and anesthetics are ruled by Neptune as, um, are all substances that we classify as poisons, including hallucinogenic drugs. Pluto. Pluto's body rulership has have not yet been completely settled because the planet was not discovered until 1930. Its rulership of the excitatory system is undisputed, and it's also thought by many to rule the pituitary gland, the master gland that controls growth, hormonal secretion, and development of secretary sex characteristics at puberty because pluto rules the growth hormones some astrologers have assigned midgets giants and other unusual growth anomalies to pluto pluto rules abnormal cell growth tumors birthmarks warts moles and the like and it is said to rule all the replicative processes and thus also rules the enzymes which catalyze chemical reactions within the cell and the hereditary component dna in particular of the cell's nucleus Pluto is also thought to rule all foreign biological substances that enter the body, such as bacteria, fungi, viruses, protozoa, and parasitic organisms. This planet is perhaps best thought of as being the alpha and the omega of life, representing both conception, which sperm fuses with ovum, and the death of the physical body. It is certainly implicated in all hereditary processes. The principle of polarity applies to the planets as well as to the houses and signs. Poisons Neptune, destroy enzymes, Pluto. One way to lose weight, excessive fat ruled by Jupiter, is to go on a high-protein Saturn diet. Muscular activity ruled by Mars burns up sugar, Venus. See? Isn't this it's just so amazing? So the next, guys, is the aspects of health. So, of course, this is something we're going over, but you can always Google if you like um, and see what it all means. So the aspects in health. 
No discussion of traditional astrological concepts would be complete without some mention of the various aspects. All of the traditionally used aspects play some role in our inter- interpretation of health. However, the opposition, square, quincunx, um, or in conjunct, conjunction, and semi-square are the key aspects in isolating potential health problems in the natal chart. While the source of the problem may well be some mental or psychological factor, the body often translates this frustration or tension into the physical manifestation of disease. So opposition. The opposition has traditionally been interpreted as symbolizing the need for compromise and the house and sign polarity in which the opposition is located. Opposition problems are resolved through compromise between the individual and another individual or other external factors, such problems are interpersonal in nature. If the individual does not reach a successful compromise, the problem may manifest in the physical symptoms of disease. A third and ninth house opposition, for example, indicates that individuals should listen to what others have to say, ninth house, and also express himself through communication, third house. It takes two to make a conversation. A person who will not listen to others or who is afraid to communicate his feelings and thoughts to others may express a frustration physically as a disease. To be loved by others, 11th house, requires that one love in return, 5th house. An opposition in this polarity may symbolize some problems in the free exchange of love and when when a successful compromise is not attained, again, we may find a physical manifestation in disease. Square. The square symbolizes tension and conflicting desires in the individual. It is more personal in nature than the opposition. A third sixth house square, for example, represents some basic tension between the individual's need to differentiate and the need to integrate, which often results in physical manifestations. The tension is relieved by expressing both needs and situations, where one will not conflict with the other rather than by continually suppressing one of the forces. With a third sixth house square, this can mean learning to serve others without losing one's personal identity in a blind master-slave relationship. You must know who you are and why you serve. Okay, so the next one is quincunx or in conjunct. This is a 150 degree aspect, which is often symbolized of health problems and is usually quite prominent in death charts. While we know that the quincunx is decidedly a health aspect, we still have much to learn about this underlying psychological roots in the personality. It seems to symbolize one's attempt to put together unrelated facets of life in a fashion that makes sense to the individual. Often it is symbolic of lots of smoke but little fire. Tremendous efforts without discernible success. The frustration resulting from such effort can manifest in physical symptoms of disease. It is not uncommon for health problems involving the quincunx to be conquered suddenly or in remission to take place when one of the slower moving planets by transit conjuncts one of the planets forming the quincunx. Psychologically, the quincunx has been interpreted as a desire to have that which we cannot have or frustration of one's efforts to reach a desired goal, although it may be attained quite late in life and often and only after many defeats. Let me take a sip. I suggest you guys hydrate with me. Ah, Nice water. Okay, so the next one is conjunction. In traditional astrology, the conjunction symbolizes the the fusion or joining together of two planetary forces. 
Depending upon the planet and the forces they symbolize, as well as the way the individual handles the problem, the conjunction may be beneficial or may present a potential problem. A good example is the conjunction of the Sun with Neptune. On the one hand, this conjunction can indicate an individual with great imagination, someone who can see beyond the realm of the average person, or it can symbolize the hypochondriac who reads about some disease in Reader's Digest and is certain that he has that disease. Conjunctions of a planet and the moon must be carefully considered. The moon represents one habit patterns, and a planet in conjunction with the moon often symbolizes some habit pattern that cannot easily be broken. For example, the moon conjunct Neptune often indicates problems with drugs, alcohol, or smoking because once the habit is formed, it is not easily broken. The individual doesn't realize how injuries the habit is until it's too late. A smoker may know full well that smoking can lead to lung cancer, but he fantasizes that it will never happen to me. Semi-square. Most astrologers do not classify the semi-square 45 degree among the major aspects. Nevertheless, in interpreting health problems, it cannot be overlooked, for it is often an indicator of friction. In in and of itself, the semi-square does not usually indicate major problems, but in combination with other factors in the chart, it sometimes indicates contributing causes of some health condition. In my in my experience, and this is the book saying, not me, <laughs> a semi-square between a transiting and a natal planet is of particular importance as a triggering influence that brings on an unhealthy, an unhealthy condition. In any case, the semi-square aspect should not be ignored. So... Here is the astrological signatures of disease. It says some diseases, some disease conditions, hemophilia, for example, are con- congenital or natal in organ. Having their onset at the time of conception, some such as defects caused by the lidomide develop while the fetus is in the uterine environment. The pattern or astrological signature of a congenital disease or condition is usually found wholly in the natal chart. A disease that develops later in life is usually shown by a picture or signature formed by the natal planets, which show a predisposition to the the condition with transiting and sometimes progressed planets completing the picture at the date of onset. At this point, I want to examine an idea that is being pursued by many astrologers, which is that if one compares the accurate horoscopes of a number of persons who have a particular disease, one ought to find a consistent planetary picture in each one. It is an interesting assumption which has led me up to many blind alleys and resulted in countless hours of fruitless study. On the basis of my own long observation, I can only conclude that in the light of our present knowledge, there is no single consistent planetary picture for any disease condition. There are no cookbook signatures for any health problems, despite claims made to the contrary in such books as Medical Astrology by Omar Garrison. Anyone willing to test out the signatures Garrison provides can quickly verify my findings as a number of my associates have already done. However, there does seem to be some evidence that certain general health conditions are related to the sign polarity in which the sun is located. For example, those with the sun in Gemini Sagittarius seem to have a particular sensitivity to respiratory problems, especially asthma. To a lesser extent, this also holds true for certain ascendants. A large number of my clients with Capricorn rising have mentioned having hearing problems at some time in their lives. 
these are not categor- categorical statements, and they are not substantiated by any hard evidence. However, it seems to me that pursuing such studies in an organized scientific manner would be of much more potential benefit than the search for specific uh, signature of disease. Um, <clears throat> there, there is a considerable con- controversy as to whether the positions of the major fixed stars have any real meaning in the general delineation of the horoscope, or whether they can safely be overlooked. Again, according to my observation, they cannot and should not be overlooked through, again, this is fertile area for serious statistical work. One fixed star, Praesipi, at about 7 degrees Leo, has particularly impressed me in this regard. According to Cornell's Encyclopedia of Medical Astrology, this fixed star, or at least the particular degree, is often associated with blindness, either from birth when a natal planet is located at 7 degrees Leo, or later when this degree is set off by transit. More than this single factor is involved, of course, in how many persons with a natal or transiting planet at 7 degrees Leo have perfectly good eyesight. Nevertheless, I have 23 charts in my collection for blindness, and every single one has a conjunction of some sort with precipi at 7 degrees Leo. To any scientifically trained person, this evidence, although not impressive in quantity at this point, would indicate a fruitful area of further investigation. I am certainly not willing to write off the fixed stars at this point, and I would not like my colleagues to do so either. A basic principle of astrological delineation is that any given condition or situation appears symbolically in several different ways in the natal chart. The principle certainly applies in any serious study of the chart for health purposes. There are usually a number of Different combinations that lead to certain inescapable conclusions. The particular combinations are hard to to catalog. And the only one who has come close to doing so is Dr. Cornell in his um, Encyclopedia of Medical Astrology. I am quite aware that astrology's companion science, Cosmobiology, has also made some important attempts at cataloging certain health conditions as they relate to planetary metapoints and particular degrees of the zodiac. However, in my opinion, the cosmobiological findings need considerably more research before any of their conclusions can be considered as signatures for health problems. So that's the end of chapter two, you guys. Um, Yeah, it's quite long. I hope you guys enjoyed it. um, Please let me know if you guys didn't, or else because I won't do it, but I figured you see how much good information you can get. Like, these are just, like, my ways of figuring out, like, my body and understanding my body. Um, I like to have an open mind. I enjoy learning the ancient ways of health. Um, So I hope that, you know, this, you know, kind of opens your eyes and ears to this, too, you know, like, for something maybe that you could be dealing with that maybe no one knows or anything, and maybe it can kind of put a little, like, you know, inspection, uh, like, introspection I guess on it or something but um I hope you guys have a wonderful day I'm gonna go ahead and move my body out in nature and um I will of course be back with the relationship aspect of um you know Virgo of relationship and relationship and sex rather so um I hope you guys have a wonderful day stay safe Stay healthy. Love you guys so much. And of course, please like and subscribe to this. And um, 
I don't know if you can like, I, I think I watched too much YouTube, but just please subscribe and comment rather, um, or give like a star rating. That would be amazing. That way this can get out to way more people, but, um, you guys take care and have a wonderful day. Bye.